Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Explore and Engage with Anam. Every major territory with a political boundary must have a fully functional healthcare system. That means every country and every state or province within a country must have a healthcare system that can properly meet the needs of the population. Wherever people live, there is a need for healthcare services. Some people need routine care, maybe a doctor's visit uh, annually, or they need medical attention for minor issues that uh, arise once in a while. Others with chronic conditions may need more care um, and um, they, they may need care more frequently. And then urgent and emergency needs may arise too. We all need healthcare. When we, the policy analysts, talk about healthcare, we often use the terms cost, access, and quality. People need services that they can afford or have the means to pay for. They need to have access to care without roadblocks. And the healthcare system must strive to provide high quality services. Therefore, cost, access, and quality are the three most important things in the discussion of any healthcare system. Now, what do we mean by a healthcare system? It's an arrangement. Broadly speaking, the healthcare system is an arrangement of medical professionals, healthcare facilities, pharmaceutical companies, and pharmacies, and other related entities that produce things like durable medical equipment or other medical supplies. Um, and yes, obviously, uh, one of the most important pieces is the financing system. A healthcare system must have a financing system. Uh, but what I just mentioned is uh, a simpler version. In real life, it's much more complicated. So let's talk about medical professionals. Uh, they are doctors, nurses, nurse practitioners, chiropractors, physical therapists, etc. And uh, what are healthcare facilities? These are hospitals and clinics and laboratories and could also be places like nursing homes. Um, pharmaceutical companies, we all know what they are. Uh, pharmacies, we all know what pharmacies are. Um, so overall, the healthcare system can be huge. And there are other entities involved in this, um, such as producers and suppliers of anything and everything from syringes, medical masks, surgical gloves, uh, nebulizers and blood pressure monitors, x-ray machines and MRI machines, and there's a lot more. Think about what happened during the pandemic when initially there seemed to be a shortage of personal protective equipment, uh, such as masks. It created panic and lots of stress for the medical community. Finally, the financing system. That is one of the most crucial aspects of a healthcare system. How will the services be paid for? Will healthcare services be covered by insurance? Will services be paid for out of pocket by the patients? And um, also there are questions like, what are the price tags for the various products and services? Does a country have a public component of the healthcare system, uh, which would mean that there would be taxpayer-funded programs to pay for uh, healthcare. 
Or um, is there private health insurance coverage available? Is there charity care available so that people with significant financial challenges can get services free of charge? Some countries uh, have nationalized health care. So that means more government control. And other countries have healthcare systems that are more market-based. And then there are countries um, that have a mixture of both. In reality, the healthcare system is much more complex than the overview that I presented. For example, here in the United States, there are organizations that represent doctors. There are organizations that represent hospitals. There are organizations that represent nurses. There are organizations that, um, that advocate for patients with uh, certain health conditions, such as diabetes or um, heart problems. And there are numerous groups that represent various voices. And these groups engage in research. They engage in policy discussion and advocacy and they try to have an impact in the policymaking process that then leads to an impact on the healthcare system. Here in America, because there are big programs such as Medicare and Medicaid, there are also many private companies that contract with government agencies to provide services to people in, in these various programs. And of course, there's a lot more. Um, we can also talk about organizations at the state and county levels that provide services to people, uh, such as uh, the Aging and Disability Resource Centers that many seniors and people with disabilities reach out to if they have questions about coverage or they need help with enrolling in programs, um, and, and there's a lot more. So in total... What I want to say is that the true size of a healthcare system is really big. It goes well beyond people and facilities that provide direct care. And there are many branches that spread out and make up this healthcare system. Obviously, it would vary from one country to another. And what I have said so far is based mostly on uh, the American system. What's important to remember is that ideally all these people organizations and entities that make up the healthcare system would function efficiently and serve the best interest of the patients so that the system can go forward like a, like a well-oiled engine in real life as we all know there are many obstacles and glitches that happen but for the most part we expect this system to work well so that people can continue with their lives smoothly. Generally, a good healthcare system would prioritize prevention, that is, prevent the onset of illnesses by promoting healthy lifestyle, by raising awareness, by providing access to information and resources that would ensure that people remain in good health. These would include advice to promote physical exercise, um, staying away from harmful drugs, getting enough sleep, eating healthy, drinking enough water, and more. So healthcare systems should provide tips for prevention 
as well as treat illnesses when they arise and just help make sure that people have an excellent quality of life. But then there are unforeseen events that test how well prepared various healthcare systems are. Let me get to the point. The coronavirus pandemic is perhaps the biggest example of all. The coronavirus pandemic has truly tested the capacity of various states, provinces, and countries to respond to the outbreak, to address the crisis, and to handle the panic that people faced. Think about the healthcare system in terms of a house or an apartment. We need water around the residence from different outlets. For example, we need water in the kitchen, so we turn on the faucet by the kitchen sink. We also need water supply for our dishwasher so that when we turn on the machine, the dishes would be washed. We also need water when we turn on the shower in the bathroom. And if we are using the tub, we need water there as well. We need water supply for the washing machine so that we can wash our clothes. Now, every now and then, there could be issues. For example, the faucet may have a leak or the bathroom flush could need repair. Then we fix those problems so that we can have a sound supply of water for various purposes around the house or an apartment. But then there could be a major unforeseen event. There could be a fire in the house. We never expect to have a fire in the house, but we also know that it could happen because fires do take place. We must always be prepared in the event that a fire emergency does take place. So what happens if there's a fire in the house or an apartment? The bathroom shower or faucet won't be of any help. But you know what would be of help? A fire sprinkler system. If a building is equipped with a sprinkler system, then the sprinkler could put out the fire or at least keep it from spreading until the fire department gets to the scene. Water would come out with strong pressure and flow to do what it is intended to do. But if there is no fire sprinkler system or a fire sprinkler system does not function properly, then we are in trouble. The same concept applies to the healthcare system of a country. It can have trained and experienced doctors, good healthcare facilities, and excellent pharmaceutical companies, and more that all work together to provide healthcare services and treatment to people throughout the year. But the true test of a healthcare system is when there is a fire. For example, when there is a virus pandemic, can the healthcare system put out this fire? Can the healthcare system deal with this challenge, the fire of COVID-19? The coronavirus pandemic has revealed the strengths and weaknesses in the various healthcare systems around the world. Different analysts will obviously look at things differently and then they will come up with their own judgment. 
there's a large collection of data to look at from testing to percentage of positive cases to percentage of people who died of COVID-19, number of hospitalizations, emergency department visits, number of available masks and ventilators and vaccine distribution, uh, effectiveness of therapies to treat people who are COVID-19 positive along with symptoms, cases of people who are COVID-19 positive but with no symptoms and, and much more. There are also ideological differences in how people view this pandemic and the response to the pandemic, particularly with regard to local and state government mandates and lockdowns. These have resulted in numerous lawsuits and there are ongoing uh, debates and discussion on these matters. In this podcast episode, I won't be discussing these ideological uh, judgments, but instead I'll focus on the topic of uh, on the topic of healthcare systems. Um, the, co- the the concern with a pandemic always is that people will line up for healthcare services and that resources will fall short. Another concern is that there will be mass panic, and that healthcare systems will not be able to calm people down. People are afraid of suffering and dying without getting treatment. There are many movies, even in recent years, that portray pandemics and the fear and the panic that these can lead to. With any pandemic, there is always a possibility that our worst fears will turn into reality. The fear of seeing people not getting medical attention, the fear of widespread shortages in medical supply, the fear of rising number of deaths and more. That's the real test of a healthcare system. As I mentioned earlier, is a healthcare system prepared to adapt to changing needs quickly without collapsing? As we learned in the last one year, not all healthcare systems can handle a pandemic. Here in the United States, many changes took place during the COVID-19 outbreak. A lot of non-emergency, non-COVID-related services were postponed. Clinics and hospitals changed policies to not allow visitors into facilities. To continue to provide care to people, we also saw that doctors and clinics increased the use of telemedicine services. The federal government also made changes to its policies last year, for example, in the Medicare program, to help expand access to telemedicine services to ensure that providers and patients could communicate to ensure the proper delivery of care. Many people tested positive for covid some with symptoms, some without symptoms. People lost lives and large number of people had COVID but also recovered properly. American healthcare professionals are heroes for the way they handled the pandemic. It is not possible to discuss several healthcare systems in one podcast episode, but using my analogy, we can say that some healthcare systems around the world had good sprinkler systems in place, while some did not. Now that we are in 2021, countries across the world have learned lessons from the pandemic, 
They have understood the cracks in their country's healthcare systems. They have realized what changes need to be made and how to better prepare for any outbreaks in the future. But sadly, not all countries could handle the pandemic properly. Sadly, the situation in India right now is very scary. For weeks, the people of India have been suffering as cases of coronavirus kept rising this year. On Saturday, India reached another extremely sad milestone of daily death toll of over 4,000. That's more than 4,000 lives lost to COVID in one day. Also, cases of COVID-19 infections in India reported to be more than 400,000 in a 24-hour period. Now, let's go beyond the statistics. For weeks now, we have seen, via numerous news outlets, heartbreaking images from India, people waiting outside hospitals for admission and not being able to get in, patients sharing hospital beds because of lack of uh, capacity to accommodate all the people who need help, hospitals running out of oxygen and patients dying as a result, families of those who died of COVID uh, waiting to cremate the dead bodies at the crematorium, but um, having to wait for a, a, a long period of time because of the large number of dead bodies, patients dying outside of hospitals while waiting to get a bed, doctors in India overwhelmed and exhausted and still doing the best that they can with the resources that are available uh, to help COVID patients. I cannot describe the video clips I saw on various news channels. It is heartbreaking, extremely painful, and I continue to pray to God for the health and safety of the people in India. It is a massive country. India has a population of over 1.3 billion people, and it is the second most populated country in the world. But sadly, the healthcare system could not keep up with the rise in demand for services during the pandemic, uh, the Indian healthcare system became overwhelmed by growing demand and leading to panic. And people are scrambling for healthcare resources and are not being able to get uh, the the services they need. And all of that led to large number of deaths. The United States has imposed travel restrictions on India. Other countries, such as Australia and New Zealand, also announced various travel res- restrictions pertaining to India. The reason these countries are doing so is because of the fact that coronavirus can spread from one place to another, from one country to another, just like fire. If a fire in the kitchen in an apartment cannot be contained, If the fire sprinkler system does not work, or if there is no sprinkler system, then the fire can spread very easily from one apartment to the next and to the next, and eventually may engulf the entire building. If the COVID situation in India is not contained, if travel is not restricted, then other countries, whether they share a physical border with India or not, may start seeing their infection rates go up as well. And there could be more deaths in other parts of the world too. 
I think that there's a lesson to learn here, a pretty basic lesson, but one that needs to be mentioned. Countries must work to develop strong healthcare systems. Healthcare systems that can provide day-to-day care to people in need and can also handle large-scale health crises such as a pandemic. It is not enough to simply have faucets and showers. We also need fire sprinkler systems. As someone who studied healthcare policy, I am passionate about helping people from children to seniors. My previous podcast episode was about elder abuse. I have also discussed other topics such as mental health. I have researched, written about, and spoken about large number of healthcare policy issues, and I continue to do so. Right now, the world must realize that developing and maintaining strong healthcare systems is a necessity. This COVID crisis has revealed weaknesses in various healthcare systems that countries have. Countries should work towards boosting their preparedness and their ability to not just provide day-to-day care in a non-pandemic situation, but also be ready to fight virus outbreaks or other major disasters. That is, be ready to fight fires, develop excellent healthcare systems, and be ready with the fire sprinklers. My heart goes out to the people of India, and I am also praying for people in other countries that have recently seen a rise in COVID cases such as Bangladesh, which is um, a country right next to India. I am praying for people all over the world who are affected by, by this pandemic. That's all for now, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for listening. Please share with me your thoughts and comments. I look forward to hearing from you. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and take care of your loved ones. Thank you.